You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is highlights from our weekly service. Good evening, everyone. Oh, that was a bit loud. Sorry, I shocked some people. (laughs) You're very welcome. Northern Lights MCC is part of a worldwide church that celebrates the inclusive love of God for everyone. You're very welcome, especially if you're new or you're visiting Northern Lights for the first time, and also if you're listening on our podcast. Just two very quick announcements. Um, Ian's not here tonight. Um, Many of you might know his godson, who has been quite poorly in hospital, Ian contacted me today to say that um, Stephen died, um, Stephen Hawken. So please remember him and all of Ian's family in your prayers tonight and through the weeks to come. Also, Keith's friend, Matt Adams, died um, with complications recently as well. So please hold them and all people who are grieving in your prayers. Everything you'll need for tonight's service will be on the screen at the front of the church. Please feel free to take part in as much or as little as you feel comfortable with. If there's people at the back, you're very welcome to come in. I'm not going to ask for a collection, you're all right. They've not even heard me preach and they're leaving. (laughs) Tonight we celebrate the place of music in worship but also the call, the ministry of music. Tonight, we thank God for our musicians and our singers, but we also ask the Holy Spirit to guide us as Northern Lights to the future and our music ministry. I, a few years ago, almost caused a civil war in my family because I made the stupid mistake of saying Jesus was a Jew. I said that in front of my nan, who then immediately turned to her picture of the Sacred Heart and insisted that Jesus was a Catholic. When I pointed out all the scriptural-based stuff, saying how Jesus was indeed a rabbi and very, very Jewish, she took a moment and then just went, it just shows you how kind he is. He was the first convert and he showed the way for the rest of us. Sometimes we can forget the heritage of Jesus. Every week we at Northern Lights celebrate the meal he gave to us. That meal was rooted in the Jewish Passover and it was the culmination of the promise God made to his people over 2,000 years before. And the people failed to live up to that covenant and so Jesus gives a new covenant. As a Jew singing the psalms, singing praises to God would be second nature. And so for us as Northern Lights, we have an incredible heritage, not just of Jewish tradition, of traditional song, but of worship, of praise. The Jews would think nothing of dancing around the church. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask, at least not tonight. But it's a real celebration, and so that's what we do tonight. So let's, as we begin our service, take a moment to reflect on the week, to 
to reflect on the many blessings God has given us so that we may be ready to sing her praises in our service. Loving Father and Mother, please bless our music that it might glorify your name. May the talent that you have bestowed upon us be used only to serve you. Let our music be a witness to your majesty and love and remind us that you are always watching and listening from your throne above. May your presence and beauty be found in every note and may the words that are sung reach the hearts of your people so that they will draw close to you. May your spirit guide us through every measure so that we might be the instruments of your peace and proclaim your glory with glad voices. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. A reading from Psalm 33. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise God. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to her a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. She is faithful in all she does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of her unfailing love. We wait in hope for the Lord. She is our help and our shield. In her our hearts rejoice, for we trust in her holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from Colossians chapter 3. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through him. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from Luke. When Jesus had come near Bethage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. <clears throat> Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, just say, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as they had told them. 
As they were untying the colt, its owners asked, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As, she, as he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he now was approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, a whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they have seen, singing, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be found acceptable to you, O God. Amen. Those who sing pray twice. Words attributed to St. Augustine of Hippo in North Africa, a great Christian teacher in the 4th and 5th centuries. Linked with that idea is a story told about John Wesley, one of the founders of the Methodist Church in the 18th century. The story goes, One good man sang out of tune to the offence of Mr. Wesley's delicate ear. George, said he, you do, sing, you do not sing in tune. The man stopped, but soon began again. The rebuke was repeated. Please, sir, I sing with my heart, was the sufficient reply. Then sing on, said Mr. W. John Wesley's brother Charles wrote between five and 6,000 hymns, quite a number of which we still use, part of Hark the Herald Angels Sing, for instance. The Wesleys regarded good hymns as being effective vehicles for teaching the faith to people who had no idea what Christianity was about. A little earlier, at the end of the 17th century, so-called West Gallery music was introduced into parish churches. People didn't want to sit in gloomy silence through what would be quite long services. So bands of musicians were introduced and placed in sometimes hastily built galleries at the West End or back of churches, a bit like the one with this one here. Initially, only psalms were sung, but soon hymns were being written, sometimes paraphrases of Bible passages with tunes to match, though quite often existing tunes would be used. One of these paraphrases is, while shepherds watch their flocks by night, which apparently has been sung to about 150 different tunes. Later on in the Church of England and many other churches, organists took over, of course, though their reign seems to be ending now with many churches using recorded music. Just as the Wesleys and other people saw the value of music in church, so did William Booth, who founded the Salvation Army in the late 19th century. In some respects, against his better judgment, brass bands and choirs known as songsters, came to play a prominent part in the mission and ministry of the Salvation Army. Booth did argue, though, that 
You must sing good tunes. Let it be a good tune to begin with. I don't care much whether you call it secular or sacred. I rather enjoy robbing the devil of his choicest tunes. And after his subjects themselves, music is about the best commodity he possesses. It's like taking the enemy's guns and turning them against him. We heard part of a psalm read a few minutes ago. The word psalm comes from a Greek word used in translating a Hebrew word, which was a technical term for a song with instrumental accompaniment. And in our reading, we heard reference to the skillful playing of the lyre and the ten-stringed harp. Psalms weren't designed to be just said. For the psalm writers, good music well played was an integral part of the use of these religious poems in worship. Even today, in cathedrals particularly, the psalms are sung, and there are many people who greatly value that very old tradition. I'm afraid I'm not one of them. <laughs> the psalms themselves have stood up to between two and 3,000 years of use. Millions of people have been nurtured in faith by them and have found they used to be a very good way of worshiping God. There are 150 of them. Each one is a poem of substance and a musical accompaniment can often add to the experience of using it. In our reading from the letter to the Christians in Colossae, we heard about the early church using the Psalms as well as what it calls hymns and spiritual songs. These people presumably used the Psalms that we have in our Bible and the implication is that they sang them, but they also probably sang songs that they had made up themselves, possibly on the spur of the moment, and then forgotten as soon as they'd been sung. It's clear that an important place was given to singing in New Testament Christian worship, and some very early compositions have come down to us. For instance, in the letter to the church in Ephesus, we find, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead and Christ shall give you light. Part of a teaching hymn by the look of it. Another possible hymn of praise, which is also very much a teaching passage, is in Paul's letter to, to Philippi. It's about Jesus emptying himself and taking the form of a slave, and finishes with every tongue confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. In our Gospel reading, we find a curious bit of adaptation. It's Luke's version of the story of Jesus entering Jerusalem shortly before he was arrested, tried and crucified. The translation that we heard read just now says that the people were singing. They don't all say that. Some of them say they were shouting. Um, but they certainly were doing one or the other. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Luke was copying from Mark's gospel, but Mark puts Hosanna before those words. It seems that Luke didn't know the meaning of the word, so wouldn't use it. And in fact, nobody's sure what, what it means even today. But it's clearly some sort of shout of perhaps like our hip hip hooray, something like that. But those few lines also remind us of the place of emotion in singing or shouting out. Those people who had been so strong in their praise of Jesus were very soon afterwards to be shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Now I think this is a good example of emotion without substance. 
if we are affected by nothing but emotion, we're going to be blown all over the place. And we do need to recognize that music arouses our emotions. I can remember at the age of about nine or ten, being in tears at something my father was playing on the piano. And it was simply the music, nothing else about it. And on another occasion, 20-odd years ago, I heard a military march played by a very good organist after a service. And I remember thinking, you could kill for that. Exactly the response marches are supposed to evoke, of course. It seems that making music goes back as far as anything else in human history. There's obviously a strong communal aspect about it, but it's also a form of self-expression which does not need either an audience or wider participation. To the annoyance of other people, I think, I quite often find myself whistling. And last week, it was actually, it was lovely to hear Kyle singing away to himself during Charlotte's sermon. I suppose that whatever form of music making we indulge in, whistling, singing, or being very clever at playing instruments, like our musicians, um, we're bearing witness to the value of our lives in some sense. And that comes out very clearly in another psalm that I'll read part of to you. It's, number, it's psalm number 137. The Jews have been exiled to Babylon, and they're pretty miserable about it. This is in the 6th century before the time of Christ. And Zion in here, in this, is another name for Jerusalem. By the waters of Babylon we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. As for our liars, we hung them up on the willows that grow in that land. For there our captors asked for a song. Our tormentors called for mirth. Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? In L.P. Hartley's novel, The Go-Between, there's what has become a quite well-known sentence. The past is a foreign country. They do things differently there. A foreign country, a strange land. In terms of our place in UK society, I think we Christians are living in a strange foreign land. Our key words, our chief ways of expressing ourselves, are from at least 2,000 years ago. In L.P. Hartley's words, a foreign country. In that respect, we are living in a strange land. We could extend, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land, to cover much more than music. But let's rather try to limit it to that. Let's try to begin to find an answer to the question. Singing can increase the praying we do, Augustine. Singing can be an effective means of teaching and learning, the Wesleys. Singing can enthuse people, William Booth. Music can take over our emotions, my examples and the entry into Jerusalem. And emotions do not give us a firm foundation for making important decisions. Think of those crowds shouting something different a week or two later. Making music, including singing, is a way of bearing witness to the value of our lives. Psalm 137. Now, Charles Wesley, as I said, wrote between five and 6,000 hymns, and we don't sing most of them. That's because some are outdated, but I think it's also because some were not very good hymns in the first place. 
Some hymns bear use through many centuries. One that starts, let all mortal flesh keep silence, is one of my favorites. It dates from the fourth century and is used in communion services. Others are eventually seen as being rubbish, and the sooner the better. In keeping old hymns alive, we have to be sensitive to the notion that we are in a strange land, and that some metaphors and stories that once worked no longer do so. In producing new hymns and songs for worship, it strikes me that it's too easy to tag one or two religious-sounding words onto a nice sentiment and assume that it's worth singing. Whatever we sing should, I think, be of some substance, as let all mortal flesh keep silence, and the still-used Wesley hymns are, and also singable with a decent tune, as William Booth insisted. There are examples of good contemporary writers, John Bell and Graham Moore come to mind, and Sidney Carter, for instance, whose works we, hit, we sing here sometimes. Good hymns and worship songs, and if they are good, people will sing them. These can help to integrate a service, make it apparent that it, that it is a unified act of worship in which everything hangs together. So I wonder if, during our year of renewal, it might be worthwhile everybody having a go at thinking through the music ministry of this church, perhaps bearing in mind some of the things I've said, perhaps getting newly involved. A word of warning, though. The prophet Amos has God saying, Take away from me the noise of your songs. To the melody of your harps I will not listen, but let justice flow down like a river and integrity as an ever-flowing stream. I don't think he was saying that God disapproves of music or that God didn't like a particular tune. Rather, Amos was criticizing those who had got things out of kilter, people who had gone all religious while ignoring the importance in religion of what we might call today social responsibility. Anyway, without forgetting that, let's think about how this church's ministry in and through music can be as near excellent as possible. It's already pretty good, but only God is perfect, so there's bound to be room for improvement. Thank you, David. Will you pray with me? Dear God, we pray for all those who are unwell of body and mind, and we ask that you be close to them and give them spiritual comfort as they struggle with their illnesses. Guide the hands and heads of those who are looking after them, and also those who are at the forefront of research, looking into new cures and new ways of making us comfortable. As Susan lights the HIV candle, our thoughts go out to the millions of people all around the world who are living with this condition their families and loved ones, and carers. We give thanks for the miracle treatments that are available to so many and which have saved countless lives. But we pray that these treatments be made more available to all who need them. Our thoughts and prayers are directed towards the multitude of people who are suffering all over the world from disasters both natural and man-made. 
We think about those in areas of conflict whose lives have been turned upside down through no fault of their own. We pray for speedy resolutions to these conflicts. Help the leaders to see your light to enable peace to reign over conflict and for help to be directed to those in dire need so that they may return to normal, peaceful, happy lives. Our thoughts and prayers also go out to the people of Australia who have lost everything in the bushfires that are ravaging that country. God speed the work of the researchers into green energy that we may find solutions to the pollution problems of our planet which are exacerbating climate change and helping to make these disasters worse. Thousands of animals have perished, been hurt and maimed in the Australian fires. So please God, hear our humble prayer for our friends, the animals, especially for animals who are suffering, for any of that are hunted, lost or frightened, hungry or those that have to be put down. We entreat them all to your pity and mercy. We also thank Sorry, we also ask that you bless those who are working hard to protect endangered species around the world. Hasten their work and keep them safe in their daily pursuit of their mission. God, help us to see the opportunities you give us each day for us to, to go that extra mile to help someone out to make them smile or to make someone feel better. In the coming week, help us to deal with awkward situations that befall us in an appropriate way. Keep us calm so that we don't overreact. Help us to keep our wits about us so that we aren't manipulated into doing something we may later regret. God bless everyone in the church tonight and also those who cannot be here. Let your love and serenity flow over us all and fill us with your goodness so that we can travel our life journey in the coming week. We too can share love, goodness and compassion for those whose journeys meet ours. God, we thank you for your gift of music and the people who make it. Different pieces of music mean so many different things to so many people. We associate different pieces of music to places we have been to, or different moods, happy tunes and sad tunes, rousing songs that encourage us, soft songs that calm us and help us to relax. The words of the songs can mean so much to us. So God, we give grateful thanks to the music makers, the writers, the musicians, and the instrument makers who are able to brighten our lives through their endeavors. We ask you to bless our church musicians, and we thank them for all the efforts they put in to making our services so meaningful. 
after we say the, the Lord's Prayer, we're going to have a, a, a song played um, to thank us for the music. During which time, I'd like you to use um, that period to say prayers which are personal for you. But first of all, would you join with me in saying the words of the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I'm nothing special, in fact, I'm a bit of a bore. As we come to the end of our service, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's taken the lead in tonight's service, from the readers, the musicians, David's lovely thought-provoking words, um, the prayers, the people who are doing the refreshments, the AV, um, everything. So thank you. Um, but especially thank you to you uh, for coming, for your prayerfulness during the service, for your singing and also for the people who are listening at home on the podcast for your prayers as well. It means a lot. Let's say the blessing together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all forevermore. Amen. Go with the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about what we do, you can find us on social media or visit our website, northernlightsmcc.org.uk.